Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bring him in now. Frank Madden, Locked on Bucks podcast. Frank, how you been? I'm good, Bill. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You got a prediction for tonight, by the way? I think the Bucks are going to take one of the next two. I, I don't know if it'll be tonight or, or the next game. Um, I think they have a chance to take two, but um, I think certainly uh, – I, I think this finally will be a competitive game. You know, we've had two blowouts, so I think it will be competitive. Uh, and I think, you know, usually the game three winner tends to, to go on to win a series, so you certainly hope the Bucks can pull one out. But I, I'm pretty confident they can, they'll win at least one of these next two, which obviously will at least get you back to having home court. Now, the question that we had yesterday uh, when all of this came up was whether or not – there's a the Bucks will find a way to keep all these guys Middleton Brogdon Lopez Miritich. I mean, can they put all this together and keep these guys all intact? Uh, there are ways to do it. I think um, you know the challenge is more around like like Brooke Lopez and George Hill are probably the hardest guys just because you know Middleton. Uh, let's start with the easiest Middleton. I think I mean they're going to pay him. I think whatever it's going to take, which again could be upwards of thirty plus million a year, but. Um, I think he wants to be here, and he's going to be the top priority. So I, I would expect that to happen. I think Brogdon's the other guy. He's restricted, so you can match any offer sheet he gets. Again, I don't think they're going to pay him a max contract if for some reason somebody gave him that, but I also don't think he's going to get that. Um, but those two guys, I think, you know, are, are probably easier to, to see, you know, kind of bringing back. Brooke is more challenging because he's so cheap this year, and he doesn't have uh, the bird rights that let you go over and pay whatever you want, basically, above the cap to resign him. Um, he's a bit tricky, um, so he kind of puts you in a tougher spot because if you want to give him a full mid-level deal, which starts around $9 million, it's really probably going to be the most they can really offer him if they keep all these other guys. A, does he is that good enough, right? Does he want to take that? Mm-hmm. Does he do better elsewhere? Um, and then B, that, that actually would hard cap you. So based on the projections, that would hard cap you at, what, $138 million, um, in in salary. And, and right now, to give you an idea, they're, they're at about eh, 75 76 going into the summer. So a lot of money it's you know 63 62 million bucks or so but you got a ton of guys you got to pay and you're paying middleton probably half that you know brogdon maybe he gets something in the range of what bledsoe got um and we haven't even talked about miritich and and hill who's almost certainly going to be bought out um for a million bucks uh, again i think you can keep kind of the, the really core guys and probably brooke lopez too but you know a guy like miritich probably going to be hard to retain even though you do have bird rights on him um, and really, I think the big question is, you know, do they get rid of a guy like Urson or Tony Snell? Those, those are probably the two guys you'd look at salary-wise that, that you could certainly, you know, survive uh, trading, getting rid of, and using that money to, to keep some of the, the other guys that you already have. So a lot of, lot of mechanics to, for, for John Horst and company to sort out coming into the summer. I think I'm very confident they're going to keep Middleton. I expect Brogdon. And I think I think Brooke probably also will be back, even though you might have to take a little bit of a discount. But I think all the other guys beyond that, you know, kind of the more um, bench kind of six-man types like George Hill and Nikola Mirotic, I think that's going to be harder. Well, that was my next question was uh, when you've got such good chemistry of the guys that are actually, you know, I'm talking more of your rotational contributors, it does make it a little easier to say goodbye to a guy like Tony Snell and such. I do like the fact, though, that George Hill has brought some of that veteran experience. Now, I know they've relied on Pau Gasol to also kind of talk to the team, but 
George Hill, man, go back to game one, even though he didn't win. When he came in, he was smooth. He didn't he didn't bend to some of the seeming panic that uh, that some of the other guys seem to be having on this team. Yeah, George Hill was really good at the end of the regular season, filling in once Brogdon got hurt. I mean, they needed him to step up uh, after the Brogdon injury. And, um, you know, he's not a starter, so he doesn't quite get the headlines. He doesn't always score a ton. Um, but had some big scoring games late in the season. Um, looked more like the guy who, you know, I mean, in Utah a couple of years ago, I mean, this is a guy who averaged around 20 points a game, got a huge contract from Sacramento that offseason, and, um, you know, kind of gets overlooked now. But, but 100% agree. What he does offensively being able to create a shot, but then also just defensively. Um, you know, I think he, he's certainly a much better defender of point guards than, than Brogdon would be. I think, you know, Malcolm's probably more defending twos or even threes. Um, but between Bledsoe and George Hill, you've got a really great one-two combination there in terms of being able to defend and, and pressure point guards, get over screens, do the kinds of things that the Bucks like to do. And, and obviously Hill's an experienced guy. I mean, he's played in the NBA Finals. Um, I, I think he's one of those guys, if, you know, assuming he does not come back next year, um, I think that would be absolutely a, a loss, and you're going to need you know some of these younger guys like like Dante DiVincenzo to definitely to step up big time next year if, if you do lose to George Hill. But um, in the short term, I think you know you're really thankful for that deal that that landed him in Milwaukee, and um, he's going to have a big role because you know even when Malcolm Brogdon comes back, tough to expect Malcolm to really be at full speed right away. So you know if he comes back in the next couple games, um, I think you're, you're still going to be leaning very heavily on George Hill, uh, even when Malcolm does come back. Uh, Bledsoe, he, I thought he did a masterful job on Kyrie Irving defensively, picking him up at about three-quarter court all the way through that game the other day in game two. Uh, is he kind of your X factor in this game? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. Um, you know, who, who, who kind of sw- who swings the series, right? And, um, you know, you don't want to take Middleton for granted because, you know, again, a guy shooting 50% from three, you can't just assume he's going to do that forever. But um, Chris has been so consistent last year and this year against the Celtics in the playoffs. Obviously, Giannis, you know, you expect him to be playing at, a, at an MVP level. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Bledsoe, I mean, just the difference between his floor and his ceiling, right? I mean, we've seen in these first two games the bad version of Bledsoe, who we saw too much of during last year's playoffs, uh, and in game one, I mean, if that's the blood so you get, then you're, you're obviously going to be facing a really uphill battle, I think. Um, you know, I, I would say this. Defensively, he can always impact the game, even if his shot isn't falling, even if he's not scoring. You hope that he doesn't ever lose engagement on that side because, as you said, I mean, he's especially important against a guy like Kyrie who can, you know, he's used to getting kind of where he wants. Um, but I think certainly if he's scoring and creating off the dribble and getting into the teeth of the defense, I mean, that's been a challenge uh, to really get paint points against the Celtics so far. I mean, I think the, I think the two lowest paint point games of the season for the Bucs have come in these first two contests of this series. So um, he's obviously a big part of being able to break down teams off the dribble and, and create or, or get his own shot. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you're talking about a guy who, you know, if he plays well versus if he plays poorly could make a huge, huge difference, I, I think Bledsoe is probably the guy to start with. Talking with uh, Frank Madden, uh, our buddy from the uh, Locked on Bucks podcast, joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline. So you talked about the importance of this game. Do you? Because uh, a uh, caller said it was like uh, over 60%, 70% uh, of the teams that win game three when it's tied go on to win the series. Do you know what the percentage is off the top of your head? Uh, I thought I think I saw somebody was either 64% or 70%, something on that order. Yeah, I mean, it, it also depends a bit, obviously, on, you know, I mean, fundamentally, like the teams you're talking about. But, but yeah, historically, it's, it's a huge game. I mean, it's, it's definitely a swing game in, in a series because all of a sudden you lose tonight if you're the Bucks, You have a ton of pressure to win game four because if you lose game four and now you're down 3-1, and obviously that's, that's a tough place to be. Uh, real quick before uh, we kind of move on to uh, the the bigger portion of the matchup, who's got the edge in coaching? Do you think? 
Well, I mean, I think from it's interesting because, you know, Steve, Brad Stevens is probably has the reputation of being the best kind of adjustments guy in the game. And he's, he's a guy who, uh, you know, he will, he will tinker, he will tweak his lineups, he'll try to do different things. Um, and, and it's kind of more obvious, too, just to casual fans because he, he moves guys in and out of lineups and rotations much more than, than probably the average coach and especially Mike Budenholzer. So um, I think certainly game one, very obviously it was Brad Stevens, right, coming out of the gates. Um, I could understand Bud saying, all right, well, we won 60 games, you know, let's, let's be who we are. Um, but Stevens adapted to that and really forced Mike Budenholzer and the coaching staff to make changes in game two. And Fortunately, game two, you'd say that the Bucks were the ones that made the adjustment. So, um, you know, I think based on just the past year or two, uh, you know, we've seen we've seen obviously Stevens do great things in the playoffs. We've seen him make adjustments. You know, I, I still don't think they've necessarily completely figured out how to set you know let Giannis loose fully uh, against this team. Uh, I think they're going to you know as long as the Celtics play its way defensively, the Bucks are going to have to hit a lot of open threes. Um, but I think certainly for now, you'd say Stevens, you know, given he's taken home court back in these first two games, um, you know, he's got the edge there. Uh, but overall, I mean, I think if you just look at the identity of these teams, um, you know, the Bucks top three offense and defense, um, kind of the, the base of what Bud has done. I mean, that's as impressive as any coaching job this season from anybody. And, you know, it's the irony, right? Stevens gets a lot of credit for his innovative play calling and things like that, but you know, people talk about how talented the Celtics are and, uh, you know, most talented team in the East to a lot of people. Well, it, you know, Stevens' offenses have pretty much always been kind of underachieving. Uh, you know, you look at them in the regular season. So um, I think certainly Stevens, both of these guys, great coaches. Um, I think Stevens certainly struggled to, to kind of make the most of this roster during the regular season, whereas Bud absolutely got the most that he could out of the Bucks. And um, now you just have to hope that, that whatever Bud was doing during the regular season, that that can translate and, uh, obviously, that's going to have probably require more adjustments as we started to see in game two. Who has a bigger game tonight, Giannis or Kyrie? Well, I mean, I think Giannis can impact the game in so many ways. Um, I think if you're the Bucks, it's, it's got to be Giannis because Kyrie, again, I mean, obviously he's he's a terrific scorer. He can make tough shots as well as, as probably anybody in the league. I, I'd be shocked if Kyrie doesn't come out and, and play well given, you know, just the bounce back factor from last game and just his experience level. So I think Kyrie is going to play well. I think, again, though, I mean, if, if they're anywhere close in terms of scoring, it, the advantage is always going to be to Giannis because he impacts the game defensively so much. So um, I certainly would, would say, you know, there's a reason one of these guys is an MVP and the other is, is not really in that discussion. Um, and, again, not to diminish Kyrie's overall ability. Um, so I think, you, you know, you, you have to think Giannis comes out and, and again, barring, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of a breakdown like in game one, he, he can have the bigger impact. Uh, on this game unless Kyrie just has a, a lights out shooting night. Great stuff. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. We'll get, uh, get you on again soon because I, I'm hoping this thing goes six and that's where the Bucks ended and it'll make me look brilliant. <laughs> Sounds good. Have a great weekend. <laughs> All right, talk to you later. Frank Madden, Locked on Bucks podcast, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80 plus years. They've been getting it done. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.